What's happening? A good Thursday to all of you. Thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated. Let me say this. First and foremost, before we get into the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, Robert Kraft, and that press conference from yesterday. I appreciate every single one of you. We have hit 1,500 subscriptions. I wanted to hit that number by the end of January. Here we are, January 18th, 1,500 subscribers. I thank all of you for helping us get to that number, and let's continue to climb. Let's continue to build the community. I wanted to start off with this press conference, but the Patriots news is just nonstop. So we're going to start with something that happened after the press conference. And I'm talking about Robin Glazer. Now, Phil Perry posted this yesterday. Robin Glazer is now EVP of football business and senior advisor to the head coach, a senior executive with the Kraft Group since 2007. If you're wondering who Robin Glazer is, putmein.org writes this. Glazer manages several operational and administrative functions for the Patriots, including league relations and compliance, supporting human resources and finance, negotiating sport performance and technology deals, and managing the Player Social Justice Fund initiative. Now, this, of course, brought some concerns about football operations and whether or not Robin Glazer was going to have a piece of personnel. Why was that? Because of the Seth Wickersham article. You go back to that Wickersham and Wright Thompson article last week, and we covered this at the time. We'll, we'll say this again as far as the excerpt goes. Jonathan Kraft and Senior Vice President of Business Affairs for the Kraft Group, Robin Glazer, would chat with staff off to the side, asking why the head coach had made certain decisions. The subtext of the conversations was that life in Gillette Stadium might be different soon. And then Wickersham and Thompson wrote, word leaked around the office that if Belichick were gone in 24, football operations would be split between Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. So when you read that excerpt from Seth Wickersham and Wright Thompson, and you see the news yesterday leak out that Robin Glazer is now EVP of football business and a senior advisor to the head coach, of course, naturally, you start wondering whether or not she's going to be involved in personnel. Are we seeing some kind of takeover, so to speak? Well, according to Phil Perry, we are not. I was watching the Patriots Talk podcast last night with Phil and Tom Curran. They do a great job. And Phil said this about Glazer. She was the point person during COVID. She is helping facilitate contracts and helping hammer out language in those contracts. She's not negotiating. She has a very good relationship with Mayo. I think she's going to help Mayo with a lot of the new things that might come across his desk that didn't come across his desk before that he might not have enough time for. And then Phil said that Glazer is not going to be picking players. That is his understanding. So from what we have heard, Robin Glazer is not going to be involved with the football decision-making. Now, that's what's being told to Phil. Is it the truth? We'll have to see. It is interesting, though. You come off the heels of that story from Wickersham about this Jonathan Kraft, Bill Belichick battle behind closed doors. We find out about this Kraft Glazer friendship and relationship and that Glazer is somebody that Kraft absolutely believes in and relies on. And they've had these conversations about Belichick and some of the decisions that were made. And then we're told that there's a fluid situation with football ops right now. No real clear answer, which we'll get into in a minute. And now we have this Glazer news. Is it much ado about nothing? I don't know. All I know is this. 
Gerard Mayo, Jonathan Kraft, and Robert Kraft eventually, before free agency begins, need to be transparent about this front office. They need to be transparent with the fans and the media, and they need to define roles. Because if they fail to do that, all of this speculation is going to continue. The only way you're going to slow that speculation down is by telling people this is who's in the front office, this is the power structure of that front office, and this is who is making the final decision. I don't need that answer right now on this Thursday, but I need that answer before free agency. I need that answer as we get closer to the combine. That's my two cents. All right, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Give us a like. Throw your comment in. Do not forget to subscribe. I'll get to your comments. If you want to jump the line, so to speak, get the attention of my eyeballs, you can do that by sending a super chat, and that will be individual of all these other comments, so I can go right to it. So if you want to do that and contribute to the show and donate to the show, I would appreciate it as well. Again, we hit 1,500 subscribers well before the goal of the end of January. So I appreciate all of you, but we just need to continue to build. The more likes, more eyeballs. I look at these numbers every day, and it's not a coincidence. When we have our best viewership, it's because people are liking the content and they're getting involved with the content. They're interacting. They're interacting. That's critical to the operation here and the success of this program. Castle. The fall says, now we know why people were saying Gerard Mayo was rubbing people the wrong way. It's because Gerard Mayo is a racist. Here's the one thing I will say. I wanted to bring that post up because I want to make this clear. We're not getting into racism. We're not getting into woke. We're not getting into any of those triggers. We're not getting into that. We're looking at the football during this podcast. This is not a political program. I couldn't care less how you feel about Gerard Mayo and and what he had to say yesterday. Couldn't care less. This is about football. So I want to throw that up there because I'm not going to look at those comments and pull those comments up beyond that one time. And Castle of Fall, if you, if you don't like that, then we'll agree to disagree. James, good morning, Nick. Congratulations. Not happy at all with Mayo. Kept bashing Belichick. Okay, so... Is it bashing Belichick if you are just highlighting what makes you different than the prior guy? Is it bashing Belichick when people in the media are asking you questions about how you're going to be different? I don't think Mayo went out of his way bashing Belichick. And I know some people had that opinion yesterday, and I simply disagree with it. I disagree with this idea that Mayo was going out of his way to attack, to attack what's going on. I, I I don't think he's he's gonna sit there and just rip Belichick and make a point by ripping. But I don't think that's what Mayo was doing. I, I disagree with that notion, and I disagreed with it yesterday. I disagree with it today. When you're talking about how things are going to change, of course, if you're bringing up what you thought went wrong with the last regime, it's going to look like a personal shot to Bill Belichick. I thought Mayo was just giving us his mission statement. He was telling us what he sees that needs to change and how those things are going to change with him being the head coach. At some point, you have to draw a line between you and the last guy. 
Devin Allen with a super chat. I appreciate you, Devin. As always, you can jump the line by the super chats. Nick, what do you think of Mac Jones being at the presser? Later in an interview, Mayo seems to indicate they're picking a quarterback. You know, the picking a quarterback thing, I, I want to dive more into that tomorrow, but but I think a lot of people out there are are reaching with the Mayo answer to Steve Burton. All he said was that they're going to find the best player at a very important position and then said, you put the pieces together. And what people did with that was that they ran with the idea of that must mean a quarterback. That's a, a very important position. I'm sure that Gerard Mayo feels like there are lots of important positions in the game of football. I don't think that he was showing everybody his cards in the middle of January as far as the draft. I don't think that's the case. All right, let's get back to the press conference. Let's get back to Glazer, just this idea. The one thing I did not like, I had a huge issue with the timing. You know, I, I don't know why you're sitting there. If you're Robert Kraft, you're Gerard Mayo, and you know that Robin Glazer is going to get promoted, you know that this is going to come out. You are probably the one that leaked this report. If that's the case, then why not just hit it directly? Why not just hit that directly and say, by the way, as part of the restructuring, we are going to bring in Robin Glazer to a new position, and this is what she's going to be doing. I hated the idea that after a press conference that lasted 40 minutes, after that press conference is when you decided to let the world know that Robin Glazer was getting this new job title. I didn't like it. I didn't like it whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, they were asked directly yesterday if Mayo had found his new Bears, which was the guy who helped Belichick administratively. He was somebody who, you know, read all the reports and would let Belichick know what was being written about him, being said about him. They were asked that question directly, and they gave no answer to it. Like, why not just address it there? Put it to bed. Why allow the speculation to build? Oh, Robin Glazer now gets this new job. Is she getting involved with football operation? Like, just tell people yesterday. It's not like you walked out of that press conference and found out that Glazer was going to be in this position. This was obviously planned before the press conference. So I, I hated the timing, and it leads people to speculate. It leads people to wonder what's going on. It creates mystery when you don't need mystery. You know, just no transparency. All right, let's talk about the front office. A lot of people asked about the front office yesterday at the press conference. I want to know, were you disappointed with that press conference yesterday? Leave your comment in the comment section. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Every thumb means an awful lot. More thumbs, more likes, more eyeballs. So Mike Reese, he jumped off and he said, who has the final say, Robert? And Robert's answer was, who has the final say in the front office? In the short term, we're looking for collaboration. We're counting on our internal people whom we're still learning and evaluating. We're going to let that evolve and develop. And before the key decisions have to be made, we'll appoint someone. Now, I find that to be pretty telling. Some people said that there was nothing that was brought up yesterday that meant much of anything. I disagree. Robert Kraft just told us publicly in front of the media, telling the fans, when you look at this, we will appoint someone. That's Robert Kraft telling you, we will appoint someone. We are going to appoint a leader. You, the media, the fans, everybody. We are going to tell you 
that yes, we have made a decision as far as this person is the number one. This person is going to be the decision maker. This person is going to be responsible. This person is going to be accountable for those decisions. So I thought that meant a lot during the press conference. The fact that Robert Kraft came out and said, we are going to appoint someone. Now, does that mean from within? Because when you use that word appoint, it could mean from within. I don't know. But it's publicly stated. And that part was important. We're going to evolve and develop before the key decisions have to be made, we'll appoint someone. So not only did Kraft tell you that somebody is going to be appointed, he also said that that appointment will happen before key decisions are made, i.e. free agency. So within the next month or so, I would imagine we will find out who that point person is, who the number one is in that front office. And if that doesn't happen, then we all need to criticize and we all need to question Robert Kraft because that's what he said yesterday during that press conference couple of more Super Chats I see in here. Let's go to Shooter McGavin. Again, I appreciate your donations. I appreciate every single Super Chat. You jump to the front of the line. Anderson just said she expects Belichick to Atlanta. I'm guessing he means Josina. That would not be a surprise. Uh, I don't see anybody else, you know, confirming that news. I don't see anybody saying that it's an absolute. But I did see this morning, like all of us, saw that Bill Belichick is having a second interview with the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are having a second interview with Bill if this is not going to likely happen, right? I mean, what's the point? You're not going to waste Bill's time. Bill's not going to waste his time. So I imagine that Bill Belichick is more likely than not going to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I also think Belichick is likely going to get a decent amount of power, if not all of the power, from Arthur Blank. We discussed this in prior podcasts. The Falcons are desperate. Blank is in his 80s. They want to win, and they want to win now. And Belichick wants a team that's talented, but a team that hasn't necessarily gotten the most out of that talent. And Belichick wants to look like a hero. Atlanta's a good team, aside from the quarterback, which is a pretty big aside. But I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you give Atlanta an average quarterback to an above-average quarterback, that team will win 10 games. They'll win 10 games. They've got some talent defensively. They've got a good offensive line. They've got offensive skill position players, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson. They've got a lot of talent on that team. It's just putting the pieces together. I think it's a great spot for Bill. I really do. Look, the Falcons haven't won much of anything, right? That fan base is hungry. If Bill walks in, wins 10 games, wins the division, and gets to the playoffs, he's a hero immediately. He knows that. So I, I would I would expect. I mean, I, I don't think Joe Cena is breaking news with that, honestly, because I expect Bill Belichick to go to Atlanta at this point, and I expect him to go there with some personnel power. Henny F7G, Nick, you're a solid guy. You're not with the slander. Yeah, I'm, I'm not with that. Enough of that stuff. Garbage. Garbage. I, I, have, I have no room for that, okay? If you're going to jump in here with certain comments to trigger people, to bring up things outside of sports, I, I have no place for that. If you want to have those conversations with people in your own circle, fine. Do not come in here and muddy the waters 
and get in the way of good conversation. Not with it. Not with it. Can't do it, won't do it. <laughs> All right, back to the press conference. Ben Volan asked about Jonathan Kraft's role in football operations. And Robert said that Jonathan is not involved in the day-to-day operations. He's helping me on an overall basis in the ownership position. Now, I do think it's an interesting answer because there's clearly a difference between day-to-day versus big picture. And what I mean by that is Jonathan Kraft might not be involved on a day-to-day basis. He might not be scouring through scouting reports, but Jonathan might have a voice in the room during big decisions. If you're sitting there on draft night with the third pick, in the conversation about should we draft the quarterback, should we draft the tackle, should we draft Marvin Harrison Jr., should we move up, should we move down, I'm sure Jonathan Kraft is going to have an opinion on that, and I'm sure he's going to be a part of that conversation. And I think we'd all be naive to not believe that Jonathan Kraft will be in the room and will let his opinion be known. I think we'd all be naive not to believe that. So when Robert says yesterday that Jonathan won't be involved in the day-to-day operations, that does not necessarily mean he's not going to be involved. He's going to be involved at a higher level, and a lot of owners are. It's not surprising. I just don't want Kraft making the decisions. Weigh in on them, throw your opinion out there, but let the football people make the football decisions. The other question is, does it matter if Kraft and or Glazer have personnel power or autonomy? Does it matter? Because if they have Gerard Mayo's ear, that's really all that matters, right? Like, we're not sure if Mayo is going to have all the power, some of the power, most of the power, but if Glazer and Jonathan Kraft have Mayo's ear, then it would make some sense on a logical level that they would talk to Mayo, they would give Mayo their opinions, and then Mayo would make a decision from there. So they could absolutely influence Mayo in some way. Now, Mayo was asked about his personnel power, and Mayo said, quote, I believe in leaning on experts in that field. Will we always do what that expert advises us to do? Absolutely not. So Mayo left the door open. He left the door open. I believe in leaning on experts, but it doesn't mean we're always going to agree with that expert and do what that expert suggests. That is leaving the door open. Leaving that door open. You know, Belichick leaned on others to do the work. But he inevitably made the decisions, right? And from what we've read, he made some decisions that the scouts vehemently disagreed with. We've we've been told that Mayo is more open-minded. We'll see. A very important part of the front, uh, front office questioning. And really something that gave me some hope. Robert Kraft was asked if he intends to appoint a GM. Here's what he said, quote, we want to see what we have in-house. Look what's out there in the marketplace and then do what we think is right. We don't have a fixed formula. We know what's worked for us in the past, and that's what we're going to do in the future. First, I would say to Robert Kraft, if you are mirroring the past, if you're following your past, if you're following what you've done in the past, that would seem to be a fixed formula, right? That would, be, that would seem to be fixed. But I'm happy that he mentioned the marketplace. Look out there. Talk to people outside of that building. Have those conversations. Find new thought. Find new ideas. Creativity. 
So again, you know, Kraft told us that they will appoint somebody. He said they will appoint somebody before key decisions are made. And then he said they're going to look at the marketplace. Those are three critical things. So I do think that Kraft said something of significance yesterday. Roll Pats jumps in and says the Patriots are back to being diplomatic, not my way or the highway. Yeah, it seems like it's not going to be a one-man band. This here, the Nick Cattle Show, is a one-man band. The Patriots are not going to be a one-man band. And what they want you to believe, whether it's the truth or not, what they want you to believe is that this organization, this franchise, has been run by one man, and that's Bill Belichick. And Kraft told us that last week at his press conference following the goodbye press conference of Belichick. He made the decisions on the draft. He made the decisions in free agency. Patrick jumps in and says, if London drops the ball, he'll be buried on the bench and Atlanta will never go for it on fourth down again. Their fans will hate him. Yeah, Belichick's fourth down decision-making. Conservative, conservative, conservative. I hope Gerard Mayo's not punting when it's fourth and two at the 50. I really hope. Maybe it maybe it's hope against hope, but I'm I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. So we'll see what happens down at Atlanta. I do think Belichick's going there, though. All right. Also said this uh, earlier in the press conference, Robert Kraft did. As far as when he was answering who's going to have the final say, Kraft said, we'll start interviewing people from the outside. Again, this idea, this idea that we are going to go outside of these walls. We are going to have those conversations. That should be refreshing. Now, they've got to do it. Don't just talk about it, be about it. They've got to do it. But when you look at the situation and how things are coming together, one of our concerns, I think many of us felt the same way, one of our concerns was, will they go get somebody from the outside? Who Kraft was telling us they will at least look into people from the outside. Another hopeful answer. And don't forget, we went through the supply and demand earlier on an earlier podcast. It was either earlier this week or late last week. There's been so many of these things, I've lost track. But we went through supply and demand. There are not a lot of teams looking for new guys to run a front office. The Patriots will have their pick of a number of dudes. And even women. Another hopeful answer from Kraft. Tom Curran asked, how involved will the ownership be in football ops and the decision-making? Kraft said it'll be the same input that we've had for the last three decades. We try to hire the best people that we can find and let them do their job and hold them accountable. If we've hired the wrong people, then we'll have to make a change, but we're going to try to enjoy it as fans. So if you're concerned about ownership getting in the way of football decisions, Kraft says we're not going to do that. We haven't done that for three decades. We're not going to do that now. Again, we can only go off of what Kraft is telling us. Until things actually start happening, we won't know if ownership is getting involved with more conversations and more decisions than they had in the past. All we can go off of is what we're told. And publicly, Kraft told us yesterday, we are not going to be involved in football like that. We're going to be fans. We'll see. Mike Pyle says, how much of the press conference do you believe? 
look, of course, a lot of this is PR. A lot of this is optics. And that's why I just said, you know, there's a difference between saying things and doing things. Ultimately, their actions will tell us, you know, will they go out there and hire an outside voice? Will they appoint somebody to run the front office before key decisions have to be made? Will they stay out of these football decisions? Will Jonathan Kraft not get involved? Will Robin Glazer stay on the outside? My overall about personnel, Mike, is this. Don't forget to give us that like. Throw a comment, by the way. All the likes in the world mean something. Every single one of those bad boys. Every single one of those puppies. I appreciate you. Give me that thumbs up. It'll drive this community, and we'll get bigger and bigger as we go. Now over 1,500 subscriptions because of all of you. I appreciate you. Spotify, Apple Pods, don't forget to rate and review. Here's how I feel overall about the front office and the personnel before I get to Mayo. This is just speculation. This is opinion. I do think Jonathan Kraft will be more involved. I don't know if it'll be slightly more involved or much more involved, but I do believe with Belichick gone, Jonathan will be more involved. He will have a voice in that room, and that voice will have more weight than it's had over the past couple of decades. I believe that Glazer was hired to help Gerard Mayo be his right-hand person, help with the details, stuff that Mayo might not think about or know about. She's there to dot the I's and cross the T's. I also think that both Glazer and Jonathan will have Mayo's ear. Robin Glazer has a very good relationship with Mayo. Jonathan is obviously part of the ownership group. I think both of them will have Mayo's ear. And I do think, it's only human nature, that both of them will try to influence Mayo in certain ways. What we don't know is whether or not Mayo will allow himself to be influenced. And that's what we'll find out. I can't tell you if he will. I can't tell you if he won't. But that's how I feel about the personnel. And I also do believe, I do believe at least one outside voice will be hired. Mayo's been talking to people. Kraft mentioned it multiple times yesterday. I do think an outside voice will be hired. Now, will that outside voice be Trey Brown from Cincinnati? Maybe. Will that outside voice be somebody like Dave Ziegler coming back here to New England as a quote-unquote outside guy? Maybe. But I do think somebody from the outside will eventually be brought in. I also think Matt Groh ends up in Atlanta with Bill Belichick if Bill goes to Atlanta. All right, now let's get into the general thoughts quickly about this press conference and Gerard Mayo and how I felt about what he had to say. Number one, this is an introductory press conference, folks. If you're looking for nitty-gritty meat and potatoes, we're not going to get it. This was light on the details. You're going to get the basics. You're going to get jokes. You're going to have mentions of his family and stories from yesteryear. That's what an introductory press conference is. I don't know how many of you went to college. If you didn't go to college, even in high school, it's like the first day of class. First day of class, the teacher doesn't hammer you with details in the curriculum and tell you, all right, this is what we're doing and we're starting right now. Usually the first day of class is this is what you can expect, right? This is what the professor, this is what the teacher expects. And that's what we got from Mayo yesterday. We got his introduction. That's all it is. It's an introduction. 
and Mayo was letting us know as the professor of the New England Patriots now what he expects in his building, what he expects from his students. It wasn't about the curriculum. It wasn't about breaking down the algebra, the X's and O's. Now, you do wonder, how in-depth is this plan that the Patriots have? Belichick, reportedly, his future was known back in November after that Colts game in Germany. Asked about the offense, asked about the offensive coordinator, and really all we got is we're going to be evaluating. Again, no details. Now, I'm not shocked by that. Gerard Mayo's not an offensive guy. We've talked about it. It was one of the biggest cons of him being the guy. He's not an offensive guy. Gerard Mayo's not going to sit there and break down X's and O's in offensive philosophy. It's, it's not his lane. And I do wonder if Mayo's just going to let his staff define what they're going to do. He's going to wait until they hire an offensive coordinator to then get into the details of what this offense is going to be and how it's going to be different and why it's going to be successful. Now, with that said, I understand the lack of detail because the nature of an introductory press conference. I would have liked at least the 30,000-foot view on some of these things. I would have liked Gerard Mayo to clearly define what the identity of his football team is going to be. What is his vision? He doesn't have to give us, again, all the minutia, but give me an idea. I'd like to run the football. I'd like to throw the football a little bit more. I'd like to create more space offensively. I, I, I'd like to have more motion. Again, you don't have to get into the exact details, but give us something. When he was asked about identity and philosophy, he just gave us a bunch of word salad. I was not impressed by that. I don't expect you to tell us everything, but give us something. Give us your vision, Gerard. Other than we need better energy. We need less people finger pointing. That's not a vision. What is your vision on the field? Overall attitude, approach. Give us an idea of your direction. And he didn't. And that was, to me, the most disappointing part of the press conference. Jeff Howe reminds people uh, on, on Twitter slash X, if you were disappointed in the lack of, you know, detail with the offensive coordinator position, all that stuff, Howe tweeted yesterday, don't forget that Mayo was promoted on Friday. He immediately lined up calls with front office and coaching candidates that day. Much of the current staff is still on vacation. That's why they're still in the review stage. So, i.e., Gerard Mayo and Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft, they're not firing people that are on vacation having Mai Tais right now. <laughs> Put down the Mai Tai, you're fired. They're not doing that. It's not happening. They're allowing these people to enjoy time off with their families on vacation. And then when the people come back from vacation, I would imagine at some point this weekend, then they start bringing people in, having those conversations. Hey, you're gone. You stay. This is how we feel. What do you think? Those discussions start to happen at that point. So I would not freak out about the staff. They've requested, you know, the conversation with Sam Lukabu. They've spoken to the Belichicks reportedly. 
I don't think Judge and Acord are going to be here for special teams, so that's not really an issue. They've lined up an interview with Marquise Williams from, from Atlanta for special teams. And let's not forget, they've got time. I know we've we've sat here and we've said, man, they got to get going. They got to get going. They got to get going. Gerard Mayo is the only human that has officially filled a head coaching position this offseason in the NFL. The Patriots are the only team that have hired a head coach. So they are ahead of the game. All these other teams are trying to figure out who's going to be the head coach, let alone OCDC, et cetera. So Mayo is already the guy. So you know the guy. You're ahead of the game. And, of course, all these other head coaches, they're going to have their guys. If Jim Harbaugh is hired, he's going to have his team of people, right? If Ben Johnson is hired, he's going to have his team of people. And, and Ben Johnson's team of people, very unlikely going to be the same team of people that Gerard Mayo has. Same thing with Harbaugh. Same thing with a lot of these other coaches. You also have to think about this. If you're looking at similar traits for coaching staffs, Belichick's going to get hired, I would think, at some point. Again, I think it's going to be Atlanta. We've talked about that for more than a week now. Second interview this weekend down there. So if Belichick goes to Atlanta, He's going to pull some of the staff. Don't forget that Vegas, Josh McDaniel's staff. You have all of those guys to take a look at. You have your own staff here in New England, some guys that want to stay with you, some guys that are going to want to go. So there's so much going on. I think next week, the coaching staff, we really start to get stories of this guy is going to be interviewing for this position. Gerard Mayo is talking to this person. Gerard Mayo is talking to that person. The first thing that had to get done was Mayo. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe as well. The Charm City jumps in. Belichick to Atlanta makes the most sense because they are talented on the offense, just need a quarterback. Absolutely, Charm City. You might be jumping in a little bit later, or you might have sent that before I mentioned those things. But, yes, they are a talented team. You get a... Average to above-average quarterback with that team, you win 10 games. That division sucks. Talented team in a sucky division with the greatest coach of all time. He doesn't have to shop for the groceries. A lot of the groceries are already there. Chris D jumps in. I have a feeling you guys are going to be the New England Jets. You have a long road, but good luck. Maybe. This could be an utter disaster. Or... This could be a huge success. We have no idea. We don't know if Mayo is going to be able to do the job. We don't know who's going to be picking the groceries. We have no freaking clue. Like, comment, subscribe. All right, back to Gerard Mayo. Mayo's number one message was that the culture in New England was fractured. Mayo told us yesterday there was a legitimate problem within those walls. The culture had fallen apart. Mayo said leadership. Most people think it's a chessboard and a guy moving the pieces on the board. I think more of it as gardening. They don't grow anything. They make sure the soil is ripe. I just want to water seeds. He's telling us he needs to grow this thing from the bottom. He needs to water the garden. So obviously he feels like there are issues with the garden. The garden needs tending to. Also reminded me of the Nick Sirianni speech. I don't know how many of you remember that, but Sirianni got into this weird, awkward, 
the roots are growing out speech at one point a couple years ago. <laughs> I remember doing a, a segment on that on the radio and laughing my ass off for a solid 10 minutes. But Mayo actually delivered it much better than Sirianni. But it was the same idea of roots growing out and and watering the seed, you know, water seeds and allowing plants to grow. As far as the offensive changes, again, Mayo looked at the culture. He said the energy. What we don't want is to have people who are complainers, finger-pointing. You want your players to have a sense of accountability. He talked about rebuilding some relationships, knocking down silos, and collaborating. So when you say that, you're telling us that you don't believe that the relationships were great in that building this year. You believe that there are silos within the fabric of this organization. You don't believe there was enough collaborating happening in the building. The second message from Mayo, I thought, was, hey, I'm not Bill Belichick. And again, I don't think he was taking shots at Bill. I think he was telling us why he's different from Bill. He said, I don't want to be an echo chamber. I want people who will be honest and open and then hopefully come together and make a sound decision. He's not telling us that Belichick was a jerk. He's not telling us that Belichick was selfish. All he's saying is, I don't want to be an echo chamber. I want people who will be open and honest, coming together, making a sound decision. He said an expert is really someone that gets validated by their peers. Early on, I think you have to lean on the experts in their space. And we've heard the stories about the scouts being frustrated with Belichick, not listening to them. Remember Kraft's presser last week, the doctor knows. You need doctor knows around you. He said that people he thought were afraid to speak up. Mayo also believes in titles, which is something that Belichick doesn't believe in. Mayo said titles are important. No knock on Coach Belichick, so he's telling us this is not a shot to Belichick. I just think differently than he does. If you think differently than somebody, and you say you think differently than somebody, it doesn't mean that you're taking a shot at that person. I believe titles are important. Outward looking in the building I don't care what your title is. So he says inside the building, we're not sitting there talking and having conversations about titles. But outside the building, I understand. That's perception. That's reputation. That helps guys get jobs. It helps you get promoted. Belichick never cared about that. He didn't name a defensive coordinator once Flores left. Wasn't worried about it. But it means something to those guys. It gives them an opportunity to move forward with their career. I thought this was important. Mayo talked about the new generation. The number one thing is developing people. With this generation, you have to show that you care about them before you get into competency and the X's and O's are concerned. You know, walking up to somebody and selling them on the X's and O's is not always going to be a winner for you. And Belichick walking up to somebody as the greatest coach of all time, some people would have immediate buy-in, of course. But with this generation, that's not always the case. This generation wants a connection. At least that's what Mayo believes. Mayo also wanted us to know that he's not married to the staff. A lot of questions about will he just bring everybody back if he has the opportunity? Doesn't look like it. He said yesterday, everything is still under consideration. The staff I have been working with is not the staff I've chosen. I actually love that. 
The guys I've been working with, not necessarily the guys that I want. <laughs> they're not my choice. I did not bring them in. So just because they're on the staff right now doesn't mean I'm going to stick by those guys. So when you start to look at this press conference, again, I would have liked more definition as far as identity, overall vision, the direction of the football team. But people acting like there, there was nothing to gain from yesterday's press conference. I disagree. We found out that somebody will be appointed in the front office to run the whole damn thing. We found out that appointment will happen before key decisions are made. We found out that Robert Kraft is going to go outside of the building and look at outside candidates, external candidates for front office positions. We found out that Mayo is not married to this staff. These were all crucial answers that we needed. And, and it leads you to believe, you know, Burt Breer said there's going to be an open search for offensive coordinator. The answer yesterday from Mayo would tell you that that is at least a possibility, if not probability. And it does lead me to have some hope for the OC and the scheme. Talk to outside people. Meanwhile, Jonathan Kraft was MIA. Robert said something came up with the Kraft group. Who knows? Look, if, if you want to if you want to openly speculate, you can. It's pretty convenient. Jonathan was supposed to be there, and then he wasn't there. Really no particulars as far as what came up, just something. So, again, something might have come up that Jonathan had to handle. I don't know. Hopefully reporters will find out, and they'll tell us. But it was very convenient. You could easily say, well, did Jonathan want to stay away from the Seth Wickersham article and, and, and get away from those questions? Did he want to stay away from the personnel power questions? Did they just want to make Gerard Mayo the focus because it was Mayo's introductory press conference and they saw the Wickersham article and they've heard all the talk and they said, look, Jonathan, if you're going to go up there, you're going to be a distraction. Like this is not necessarily ill intent. It could have easily been the people at the top, Robert, Jonathan, Mayo, Robin Glazer, if she's involved with some of this, it might have been them getting together saying, look, Jonathan, if you're up there, you're going to be a huge distraction. We, we want this to be about Gerard. The press conference is going to go a completely different way if you're up there. And you could argue that's the right call. As much as you want Jonathan to be transparent and all of that stuff, they have more opportunities to, to be transparent and answer those questions down the road. But yesterday, it was Gerard Mayo's introductory press conference. And you don't want to railroad Gerard Mayo's introductory press conference with a bunch of questions for Jonathan Kraft about a Seth Wickersham Wright Thompson article from ESPN. Kraft was asked about the head coach search. I did not like this answer. He talked about, you know, we're willing to do things that are unorthodox. He doesn't want to have to do things that are going to require quick decisions. He said it's worked out pretty well for them the last 50 years. Discussed not hiring Belichick in 96. Thought that was a mistake. So I, I think sometimes we think a little differently than our competitors. And I, I didn't love that answer. I, I thought that gave smartest guy in the room kind of vibes. Well, we've done this our way for 50 years, and uh, we're just going to continue to do it that way. But yet earlier in the press conference, Robert told us there's no fixed formula. So which is it? 
because that seems pretty fixed. And I thought it was similar to Belichick's, you know, when he was asked about why should fans believe in you or whatever the question was going back. I think it was last offseason and Belichick said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, look at the last 20 years. It had that kind of vibe to it, Robert's answer yesterday. In saying that you hired Gerard Mayo because of instincts, that's just, it's too vague. I'm sorry, it's too vague. Because of instincts. Okay, great. My instincts have been right. And he pointed to the three or four instances, his two marriages, the Bill Belichick decision. His instincts are right. I'm sure that Robert has had some instincts and made instinctual calls that have gone wrong, but he wasn't going to share that yesterday. (laughs) There's just nothing tangible. And when you're so methodical, like the Crafts, you can miss out. It could end up being a Heim Bloom situation, right? If you're if you're way too methodical, and you're you're thinking about everything through and through, with the front office and all of that, it could lead you to miss out on some people. All right, let's get to some of your thoughts before we uh, wrap this up. Roll Pat says, "Great point, Nick." New England is the team ahead of the curve. Yeah, they're the only team right now with a new head coach that needs a coach. Everybody else is still working through that process. They're still interviewing people. They're still, you know, having these people go on Zooms. Belichick's getting a second interview this weekend. Bill Belichick is getting a second interview. A lot of people calling for Troy Brown to leave. Peter Jacoby, Troy can go. Receivers have sucked forever. That'll be an interesting one. That'll be an interesting one because Troy and Gerard obviously have a relationship as well. Does Gerard just look at it and say, product hasn't been good enough? I love you, but dot, dot, dot. Ricky says, word salad. Yeah, there, there was there was a decent amount of word salad from Mayo yesterday. Decent amount. Again, I understand it to a point. But I thought he could have given us something. Something. John says, one comment Mayo made during the presser that should stick out is what Belichick has said before. Players win the games and coaches lose them. If you look at the coaching choices, what he said rings true. Yeah, this is, you know, this is like an opportunity. That's how I see it. It's an opportunity to bring new life to this coaching staff, to bring new ideas to this coaching staff, to bring new creativity. It's unknown. It's unpredictable. And a lot of people fear that. And I understand that. You can either fear the unknown or you can embrace the unknown. For me, I'm embracing the unknown. I'm not going to agree with everything. If they bring back the entire staff, if they don't bring somebody from the outside to help the front office, At some point, I will rip them. I hope you know that by now. But there's two ways you can look at this. You could be afraid of everything and say, it's not going to work out. This is a disaster. And I understand it. You you can be skeptical, fan the way you want to fan, criticize the way you want to criticize. But I'm choosing to embrace this newness. I'm choosing to embrace the unknown. I want to have fun with this. We haven't had this kind of a situation play out in a quarter of a century. So I'm trying to have some fun with it. At least, you know, that's how I want to roll with it. 
Amstel says, moving on from the old school to the new school. Indeed. All right, speaking of moving on, I'm going to move on with my Thursday. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. I have an interesting idea tomorrow's show. At least this is the plan, because you never know with all the breaking news right now, of course. But here's a question that I'm going to ask tomorrow at some point during the podcast. Is Bill Belichick going to sabotage Gerard Mayo? I want you to think about that. I have this idea in my head that I've been working on. It's being workshopped. Is Belichick going to sabotage Mayo? Hold on to that thought. Don't forget to give us the thumbs up. Every thumb means an awful lot to us. Take a second of your time to give us that like. More likes means more eyeballs. If we get 200 likes, we get more views. 250 likes, even more views. So more likes, huge, critical to the operation. Comment, subscribe, listening on uh, Apple Pods or Spotify. Don't forget to rate and review. So we'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m., live here on YouTube. Bill Belichick, Gerard Mayo, Patriots Talk. There's so much to get through. Until then, be well. This is the Nick Cattle Show.